God is the only one we can, by faith, rely on to be always faithful. Instead of placing faith in our own resourcefulness, God invites us to trust in His unending resources. Welcome and thank you for joining us today for the Bread of Life. Our desire is to build you up in that faith that will trust God for everything. Now here's our Bible teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. The millennium foretold in Revelation chapter 20 verses 1 through 6 will be a thousand-year season marked by what is true and right and good in every aspect of human life and society. Here will be a just government. Here will be peace in relationships between others and between all created order. Here will be peace and joy and health that prevail. Christ will rule and we who trusted in him and those who have suffered martyrdom for him will rule with him. We shall be agents of his governance and his renewal of the earth. This is the hope of the millennial reign of Christ, and those who trust in that day are called pre-millennialists. Now this hope that I've just expressed is called pre-millennialism. It's the belief that Christ will return and will establish and reign over the earth for a thousand years what we espouse. Actually, let me go through and restate the premillennial view. I've already said it to some extent, but just say this. It's a time that's coming to earth just as the time in which we live right now. Just as a time in which we record up our days and we read in the newspaper the events of the day that has gone before us, it will be a day like that. I don't know what the newspaper will be, but it'll all be good news. And you'll read it every single day. Record the passing of hours and weeks years to accumulate into a thousand years of historical time where Christ will rule as king out of Israel over all the earth and over all the nations. It will be a thousand years in which all the literal promises that were made to the prophets will be fulfilled. All those promises that fueled the hopes of those who walked with the Lord Jesus in the New Testament will be answered. Those who have died with Christ prior to this time will be raised in glorified bodies to reign with Christ during this time. Satan, at that time, will be chained. He'll be cast into an abyss. He'll be shut in, and whatever it is that's cast over to seal him in will be sealed tight so that he can't go out and deceive the nations. At the end of this period of time, there will be a judgment of all those who trust not and believe not in the Lord Jesus Christ, and they, along with Satan, will be cast into the lake of fire. And then, and only then, after this peak in human history, will a new heaven and a new earth be introduced that will exist throughout all eternity. That's, that's the historical, or was, the historical viewpoint of the early church. Now, we gave application last week, and, and the first application that we made was this. What do we get from this idea of this dream that's fulfilled, this truth of the millennium and Christ reigning upon the earth? Well, we first remembered that John is writing to individuals who are suffering martyrdom. He's the last living apostle. All the other apostles have died by sword or by cross or by spear or by stone before him. And John knows. He lives in an age of martyrdom and he knows more martyrs are to come. And he writes at the very beginning, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, a message to the seven churches. And the ultimate message is this, to him who overcomes, to him who overcomes, to him who overcomes. In the face of this torrent of persecution in the face of the trials of life in the face of the great temptations that the enemy cast upon you in the face of the false teaching that surges through the church in the face of the growing self-confidence that makes you think that you're rich when you're poor and you're naked and you're blind 
in the face of all these things and the attrition that comes upon you, those who overcome and endure. He says, I'll reward those I'll receive and those I'll bless. What John is speaking to is he's preaching to individuals who are facing all of the difficulties of life up to the point of martyrdom and he's calling them to prevail. He's calling upon them to endure to the very end. And he looks at the martyrs and he basically says to them, and all those potential martyrs, and he basically says to them, you may suffer in this world and you may be even taken violently away from it, but this world shall not be taken from you. You will inherit it one day and you will reign with Christ one day upon this earth. The meek shall inherit the earth, endure, overcome, against all the contradiction, against all the evidence that heaps up the other way, endure, it shall be yours. And that's the message, and that's the promise, and that's the whole storyline of the vision of Revelation culminating in these passages that we're considering right now. Here's the second application, and I give you just this one application, and we'll expand it here the rest of our time together. And it's this. This doctrine of the millennium also for ourselves teaches us to live in light of the glory that is yet to come upon the earth. To live in light of the glory which is yet to come upon the earth. And in other words, it teaches us not to entirely disassociate ourselves from this age, not to entirely disassociate ourselves from the rolling of the years through history, not entirely to dissociate ourselves from the earth and the world systems that we live within. But in light of a glory that's coming upon the earth, we're to live in anticipation of that which is yet to be revealed. Christ will, God will, someday in history, extract and gain a full expression of His glory here upon the earth. And we're to live in light of it. Now that might be confusing to you because God can't get any more glory than He already has, right? God has all glory. It's not like God is lost or will ever lose any glory. When the Bible talks about this and when we think about this, we have to understand that although God has all glory and God cannot be any less filled with and full of glory than He is, the earth itself his creation itself does not always live under the full ray or focus or expression of that glory. God is never threatened by the loss of that glory. But it is God's intent that this glory be reflected upon His creation and upon all His creatures. He intends that all that He has made may be touched by the unshattered rays of His glory radiating out from Him, upon them. And His word to those made in His image was to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth to express that glory. They were called to be a light of His presence through their obedience to the ends of the earth. And it hasn't happened. It hasn't taken place. One of the reasons why the millennium must take place, why history must be seized by this lasting, penetrating expression of the glory of God, why history demands it is because up to this point in history, there's never been a moment or a season or a time like that. It's never come. It's been God's desire. It's been God's design. But it's never happened. So far, there have been so many failures. There have been so much brokenness. Without denying the reality of this broken world, let us just say clearly that the millennial doctrine teaches us that God will get from this creation the full expression of His glorious reign in peace and benediction in time, in history, in this world, 
as we know it, as we now live within it, a thousand years, Jesus shall reign where'er the sun doth its successive journeys run. It'll happen. And he will have dominion from sea to shining sea. And his glory shall radiate through this earth as we know it. God must have this in history. It's not like God said, you know, it's just not working out. Let's just scrub it all and start over again. No. God will prevail in history as well. Think about it. Should we anticipate this when you study history? History is nothing more than the cycle of ongoing ruin to ever and ever deepening trenches and troughs of destruction. And the Bible says history will end, as far as we know, and what we're anticipating, oftentimes taught to anticipate in, is just seven years of tremendous great tribulation. And then God takes us into the eternal state. No. God says after history has wound down to its deepest depth, God will come and raise it up to its highest heights in glory and express himself in jubilant reigning on the earth for 1,000 years. Then, then, he'll take us up into his eternal state. Let me just share with you some of the things that will transpire that the Old Testament teaches us will take place upon the earth and under the heavens during this thousand-year reign. And the first thing I would note to you is this. During the millennium, there will be a great revival upon the earth. A great revival upon the earth. It will be a period in which God will pour out His manifest holy presence in all of its fullness upon all people. That's what revival is. Revival is when God manifests Himself in His glory and His power. Now, we have oftentimes in the church prayed that God would send days of refreshing that God would rain showers of His blessing upon us, that God would manifest and rule in such a way that hearts would turn to Him and know Him and we'd experience the power, you might say, of Pentecost, what the disciples experienced on that day when the tongues of fire came upon them and they all spoke in languages to all the people around them. And Oh God, send a day like that, send revival. And here's a wonderful thing, He has. You study the history of the church and you'll see throughout the history of the church there have been moments in which God has sent sweeping revival over a region or over a country or a nation and periodically it appears as though that movement of revival has swept through whole sections of the earth. Study church history and you'll find this as well. They never last. If you look at them, they're only one or two or maybe at best three years. Now, the influence of those great moments continue on out of them missionary statesmen rise up and great evangelists and people are surrendered to them but it dissipates it's like a great tide that rises to a height that we've not known for years but eventually quickly actually the tide recedes but the millennium will be a revival of 1,000 years God's manifest presence there's another thing you can notice. Actually, revivals, when they come and God reveals His presence, the very first mark of a true revival is an overwhelming work of repentance that comes upon people. They're broken because of their sin. They're broken when they see a God who has loved them and given all to them, and in His presence they weep and they mourn for themselves and they turn away from their own selfish designs and desires to turn into Him. 
Look at Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. And here we read the moment when Christ returns at the battle of Armageddon just preceding the establishment of this thousand-year reign upon the earth. At that moment, we're told that God will pour repentance out upon all of Israel and it will start something that will sweep from the nation of Israel unto all the people of the earth in a heartfelt turning to God. God says, I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace, what kind of grace? And supplication. Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. We've shared this a number of times, but you read Isaiah 53. Read Isaiah 53 and you'll read the prayer of repentance that will rise up from the lips of the Israelites at that time. We esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and wounded, but he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. They'll repent. Occasionally throughout church history, there have been seasons in which the spirit of repentance has swept a land or a continent and ushered in a time of refreshing in the church and of regeneration to those near the church's witness. The millennium will crown such days with a season of repentance like none the earth has ever known. May God grant even now a small expression of such a season in our churches and around our churches today. This has been the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, God bless you.